Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews, then go behind the scenes of our creative process. The Voyages of Marco Polo, designed by Simone Luciani and Danielle Taschini, published by Z-Man Games for the English edition 2015, review by Jack Eddy for the Cardboard Herald, two to four players, two hours, published on the Cardboard Herald, November 17th, 2016. Every now and then, something comes along that seems perfectly tailored to my exquisite tastes, Maybe it's a band that sounds like Led Zeppelin meets Queens of the Stone Age, or it's a show that somehow combines the whimsical fairy tale storytelling of The Princess Bride with boisterous show tunes. Maybe it's even a game that combines asymmetric player powers with dice worker placement, all complemented by adorable tiny wooden camels. As I write this, I'm chomping at the bit for all those heavenly concoctions. Tragically, though, it's these perfectly crafted amalgams that can occasionally lead to the greatest of disappointments. Who are you? Who, 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 who? Off the bat, players draft character cards that will dictate how you play the game. These cards give you fantastic and unique game-breaking powers, the kind that most asymmetric games only dream of, each wildly different than the rest. You really feel like you can lean into these abilities and craft a strategy unique to that character, yet the powers feel carefully planned, elegant, and simple. This is the true achievement of Marco Polo, maintaining a delicate balance while managing a huge variety of character powers. Setup continues with some relatively meaningless secret objectives that grant points if you visit certain locations on the map. I don't mean that they are worthless, those points can be valuable, but this is one system that feels tacked on and arbitrary, as if the designer knew that players would be aimless throughout the game if they didn't have some reward for traveling. It's a startling contradiction to the deeply satisfying and thematic game powers I mentioned above. From Soho down to Brighton. Each round, players roll their dice and alternate assigning them to use actions on the board. Like most worker placement games, if you take up a spot, other players can't freely go there. In many circumstances, you can go to an occupied spot by paying money, but again, it's so expensive that even when necessary, the cost is discouraging. Most actions are more powerful with higher numbered dice, other actions requiring multiple dice placed at once to activate. The main flow of the game is collecting resources that allow you to move to new cities or fulfill orders, which should give you rewards, points, resources, orders, movements, etc., allowing you to do it again. As your merchant lands on new locations, you may gain access to new actions or receive more rewards on this and future turns, which lets you move and fulfill more orders for more rewards. Since it's unlikely that you will visit every location on the board, you are frequently deciding which path to take. Not only does the movement action cost resources, but most paths on the board have additional costs, making it prohibitively expensive to journey across. Do you spend your whole turn scraping together the resources to get where you want to go? 
or just change plans and go somewhere else or fulfill some orders because you have the resources available. That's the challenging part of Marco Polo, constantly deciding if it's even worth it to stick to a long-term plan. If you want to make it to the other side of the board, you need to have tons of camels, money, gold, sponges, poops, high rolls, and the action spaces to be available at the right time. Every action must result in a small but meaningful advancement towards your goals, goals that may or may not materialize because the game did not line up perfectly. Everything is part of a sequence of events leading to a much greater but also at the same time disappointing payoff because it rarely feels like you're investing in anything. You are just gaining money to spend money, getting a few points along the way. Speaking of money, there are several currencies in the game that are necessary to manage if you want to accomplish anything. Every turn is an exercise in measuring immediate costs and rewards, and careful calculation of the various resources is the most critical key to success. As you struggle to have exactly enough of each type of resource without waste, you will soon see through the matrix, and each chit, token, pawn, and hut might as well become variables in some equation to get points. It's unfortunate because the game really does have a beautiful art direction with fun thematic comp No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. Don't get me wrong, I don't think this game is bad. It's just the type of game that undermines my favorite aspect of it. I want the character powers to make me feel powerful, like I can really dig in and work toward a long-term strategy. Yet throughout the game, I always feel disempowered and unable to get the things I want. Almost always, I'd settle for the easiest and most immediate way to get points, and it usually results in a higher standing at the end of the game. The far-off cities at the end of the map, which seemed so welcoming and adventurous at the beginning of the game, just become dreams of the past as I settle for mediocrity. By the end of the game, my merchant is a jaded vagabond, occasionally roving from town to town, scooping up whatever opportunities he can before wandering on. I will say this for the game. It's a tight ship. There's so many ways of getting resources and mitigating unlucky rolls that the dice are rarely the problem. The player powers and victory point cards given at the beginning of the game line out a direction for you to go in. It's just that everything is prohibitively expensive. I never feel like I get to play how I want to play. I never feel like I'm building an engine that makes it easier as I go. In life, we work towards goals that may be challenging, but we hope that what we gain will assist us to meet even more challenging goals. In Marco Polo, you will struggle from beginning to end, and your rewards seldom ease the pain as you start all over again. There was no arc, and that just isn't fun for me. There are people who will love this game. It's a heavy euro that somehow got squished down into a mid-weight form. The production value is excellent, the artwork is evocative, the symbology is pretty clear, and the components are great, especially those camels. The game feels very competitive and balanced, which is an accomplishment considering how varied and game-breaking the player powers are. It is a meaty brain burner of a game, with critical decisions to make. But by making everything so costly that you can't truly lean into your role, it just never inspired me to enjoy this struggle. Yay, we're here! I'm so excited we're here. Can you believe it? We are to my first unequivocally bad review, and I wasn't even that 
hard on the game. Going back and reading this, I had so much stress over my review of The Voyages of Marco Polo, a game that I recognized as good, but just one I didn't like. And boy, did people have some things to say to me about this review. Turns out that if you tell people that you don't like a thing on the internet, they will tell you that you are a garbage person and deserve nothing for your garbage podcast, your garbage review site, and your garbage opinions. But then again, there are also some really supportive and amazingly sweet people out there who, even if you disagree with them or they disagree with you, they'll let you know they were glad for the read and the perspective. And I need to keep that perspective in mind. You know, like I need to actually take the time to recognize the people who do value this and do value my opinions instead of, who boy, uh, all the reaction that you can get for saying that a game is bad. But uh, let's talk about how I feel about the Voyages of Marco Polo at this point. My buddy Dan, uh, one of my closest friends at, at this point, um, he is a big fan of this game. He loves the Voyages of Marco Polo, and he's the one who owns it in our gamer group. And it, it's the game that he teases me about, like, oh, well, I guess I'll just bring over Voyages of Marco Polo because he knows I don't like it. And I tell him, no, just, that's fine. I don't care whether I like it or not. Let's play it. If you like it, let's play it. You know, if my wife likes it, we'll play it. I don't hate the game. I just, I don't really particularly have a lot of fun with it. But that doesn't change the fact that I have fun hanging out with my friends and I'd be happy to play any game against them. I'll probably lose, but you know, that's not why I'm coming to the game. And I think I've broadened a lot of my perspective on uh, some of the variations of both traditional and new avant-garde Euro-style games. I still don't particularly love Voyages of Marco Polo. Another game that I felt was incredibly disempowering was um, uh, Dungeon Lords, which is just punishing and brutal and somewhat aimless and and hard to like penetrate through the density of bad decisions that you're bound to make if you don't take into consider everything in the game. And that's just who I am. I, I'm someone who operates on instinct. I like games that, that empower me to immediately see the repercussions of my actions and to fix them, not to spend a couple hours sitting with them. And I know, I know Marco Polo isn't the most punishing game in the world. I know a lot of people love it, and I know that it deserves a lot of the love that it has. As I said in the review, I stand by it. It is a very tight game. It is a game that a lot of people are really going to like. It just doesn't inspire me. And maybe I was just so dang disappointed because I love those camels. Those are like the best pieces in anything ever. No, that's not true. The little Sauron token in, uh, well, it's not even Sauron. It's uh, the Tower of Baradur in um, in uh, the Lord of the Rings Kinesia game. That's like the best piece ever. But next to that... The camels. Now, those are super cool pieces. And I noticed in the review I refer to uh, the pieces as sponges and poops. Um, I don't even know what they're supposed to be. Maybe, I don't know, uh, textile, like cloth or something. And then 
Uh, the poops, they very much look like little brown poops or bags, leather. I don't know. Um, as soon as we broke out the game the first time and every single subsequent play, because I played through this multiple times. I think I won the first game that I played, and I still was like, eh. But immediately, as soon as someone said, oh, hand me one of those purple sponges or hand me one of those little brown poops, never could we go back to anything else, and they will forever be sponges and poops uh, in the presence of the far superior camels. So that's my opinions on the voyages of Marco Polo. What do you think? Do you want to send me some hate mail? I'll take it. I love it. Well, I don't love it, but I love getting email anyway. So send me your opinions. Do you disagree? Do you agree? Talk to me on Twitter. Find me on all the places. Of course, you can always email me at cardboardherald at gmail.com. You can find all kinds of other reviews on www.cardboardherald.com. We post new TCBH reviews like you're listening to right now every other Friday on this feed. And you can also find our interview feed by looking up the Cardboard Herald. It's the mothership. Uh, the Cardboard Herald interview feed features a new interview with a creative gamer or game creator every Wednesday. Yeah, I'm a crazy guy, and I reach out to these people from my home in Alaska in order to talk to them so you can listen to them. And that's it. Keep on gaming. Keep on having fun. Keep on staying fresh. And I guess I'll talk to you next time on TCBH Reviews. Thank you.